Good morning and welcome everyone to seeing God in all her faces. Today I have with me a very longtime friend and not just from this lifetime, but many, many lifetimes. Uh, Hannah, aka Black Widow, aka Sister to My Soul. Uh, I'm very happy to have you here. And first and foremost, let's go over just some disclaimers. Okay, this podcast is for adults only, and it's for women only. And um, you are responsible for your condition. And it's under the banner of entertainment. Okay, so let's get started. Thank you for being with me, Hannah. <laughs> and, and first, you know, I'd like to thank you truly from the bottom of my heart for 10 years plus of incredible companionship and friendship and never in my mind or in my heart or in my experience did I ever feel that you were against me. I always felt your support. I've always felt that, you know, you were in this, you were in it to win it, you know, and loyalty is royalty. And, you know, you've demonstrated that over the years. And so I really appreciate you as a being, I appreciate your essence. I appreciate your um, sincerity, your companionship, and I'm glad to have you here. <laughs> oh no, I'm crying. <laughs> okay, already. Oh no. Um, thank you. Those, that's like those are really big words. All of them. <laughs> You're a really big person. You're thank a really big you. person to myself, to AZD, to IMC Nation. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> whoa okay well yeah that is definitely emotional for me <laughs> I'm like I won't cry over the other stuff but that, that right there brings me to tears for sure thank you very much I'm very happy to be here yes nice <laughs> okay well let's let's get into it I think that you know you're you're a big person in IMC and AZD's life you know like like I had mentioned you've created so many I mean so many things so many um, businesses, you've changed so many lives. And so I really want to get into like how, how the being Hannah, you know, I know that's just a name, but how the, the essence of you has experienced, you know, life on planet earth and, and what's it been like for you and, and, you know, just some like takeaways that really have helped you. So how how would you say like prior to meeting Arash, you know, and IMC Nation, like what was your mindset and like that transition? Well, let's see. <laughs> Thinking back, um, well, first I would say like, um, you know, I wouldn't really do this with anyone but you, which is great. <laughs> I just have to say that because mm -hmm. like for real, I think that the process, ACD process um, is really, really, really personal and it's mm -hmm. really, really deep. And so for me, like I don't, I admire you for how you put out your experience and the other girls too so easily because I don't and mm -hmm. I never have yeah 
So this, that's why like, you know, doing this, especially it being on a public, like a public forum is a really big deal for all of you listeners, just so you know, (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) because I'm like, um, I think that, you know, the mindset is the most, like the most valuable part of life like there's nothing there's no amount of money no amount of uh, material that um equals the mindset that you know azd teaches Mm -hmm. and that we're capable of having honing and creating in others like that mindset is we are beyond billionaires beyond what anyone could ever imagine Mm -hmm. and like so to put it out there publicly for me is a really big deal and that's why I say I admire you for it um and the other girls too for doing it because it's not something that I do very um easily Mm -hmm. And very frequently. Yeah. So here we are. Um, my mindset prior to meeting Arash was definitely survival. I was in a survival mode state for a really, really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Actually, even after meeting him for a really, really long time, I was also in a survival state. Yeah. Um, that hasn't exactly... Whoa. <laughs> we just had like I don't know if it was like a, a windstorm, a thunder. <laughs> it was cool, dramatic impact on point. Okay, so you know that survival mode, that um, survival state, probably didn't really go away for, I would say, maybe like three years back from like this point in time. Yeah, I would say like maybe three years is when my my like survival mode stopped. Wow um, kicking in all the time. Yeah. And that's not like, again, that, that is more of a, um, it's not exactly a mindset. It's, it's more of a reaction. Yeah. (laughs) You know, no, I like that you're able to separate (laughs) that. You said it, it, the survival mode was kicking in, you know, and that's what's happening for a lot of people is their, their survival tactics from being a child, from growing up, that's what kicks in. That's, that's what we call like triggers, you know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that for me, it, it wasn't necessarily a mindset because my mindset has been the mindset since I've been two years old, yeah. <laughs> three years old, four years old, five years old. You know, I would think back in my mindset, my passion, you know, my, um, the way that I see the world has, has not changed so much. I've more just learned about me in relation to other people. Mm. And that's really helped to develop um, a really, really secure reference point, like from my own eyes. Whereas Mm. before the reference point was disturbed by disturbing people. (laughs) So that's like, really, if I were to like diagnose it, which I really like rarely do. Yeah. Um, or like ever really look at it, to be honest. Um, I would say that, that it's more of like getting out of a survival mode and like knowing that I can be secure with the mindset that I naturally have spiritually, Nice, you know, that like, that I've had 
Um, and just knowing that anything added on top of that was disturbance from other people and like figuring out how to distinguish my energy and my mindset from other reference points and other viewpoints and other people mm-hmm. to like be more exact with it has been my learning process, you know? Mm, that's clean. I like that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were talking before this and it, it was interesting because, you know, I talk to people about their past. That's something that comes up a lot in, in just like conversations and in healing and, and, and what I do, you know, totally. So, so I wanted to get your take on how do you, how do you deal with the past? And it was so cool. What <laughs> the, just cause I've talked to so many different people and, you know, like I teach a lot of women to use their past, like Arash has taught me to use their past as fuel, like your, you know, your biggest weakness is going to eventually become your biggest strength type of thing, you know, and you said something really interesting. So how do you, how do you view your past? Where does it sit with you? How do you feel about it? Well, it doesn't sit with me at all. <laughs> that's, the, that's the difference, you know, um, you know, I fought for my, um, I fought for my survival mentally, um, physically, mm-hmm. I fought for it for many years. Um, and I grew up fighting for it. Mm-hmm. So for me. And fighting alone in that. Oh yeah, yeah. Very much alone. I didn't have, um, I mean, even until yeah, I did. I didn't have anybody fighting with me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like it's a good moment. <laughs> well, you look at that, like there's a time and a place of those moments. Mm-hmm. And then time moves on and, you know, those places get left there. Yeah. So I leave it there and um, I leave it there. I, I like the second that I'm aware of something being negative, I leave it there. I just don't mm. bring it with me. Mm-hmm. And I had to keep doing that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm talking about in my childhood years mm-hmm. and my teenage years um, and meeting, meeting Arash and just being in an environment that was clean, that didn't have a lot of disturbances <laughs> yeah. or volatility or violence um, or drugs or out like bad ethics or nasty people. I was able to, I mean, he directly taught me how to really leave it there yeah. <laughs> instead of having it like come up in my own living experience and throwing it in the world. I've never done that. Like I had a lot of negativity around me mm-hmm. and it's been really, really, really important. And what I can give to people listening is um, it's more important to leave that negativity there. It doesn't mean you have to leave it within yourself, but there is a way to really get it out of your system 
So you're not carrying it around and giving it to good people. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's where real um, bad things start to happen from people to people. It's just everyone's bringing their junk with them. And right. like, I've always known that the stuff that happened to me had nothing to do with the people moving forward in my life and getting rid of those ties and getting rid of that energy and making sure that as things come up for me, I've had to take a lot of time more to myself to work that out aside from giving that to other people. Yeah. And that's like, because everybody's going through something. I've learned that everybody has like a major challenge in life, whether it happens when you're five, when you're 12, when you're 20, when you're 40, when you're 50, mm-hmm. everybody has something that they have to go through. So for me, I went through that at such a young age for so much of my life. Mm-hmm. Like my experience with the rush has been getting my life back. Yes. That's why it's like, we call it reverse aging because (laughs) totally because so much of my life with him has been so new that it's more like adding years as opposed to moving it's it's more subtracting excuse me Mm -hmm. years as opposed to moving forward yeah I totally get that yeah yeah so I like subtracted 18 years as opposed to lived and it's so I it's so like it's so interesting, like what a blessing it is to actually experience that and, and be so close to um, some state of mind that can actually create that. Like it's really um, like blessing is too small, yeah, <laughs> but like, totally. you know, like, yeah, the only word in the English vocabulary <laughs> that I can think of is yeah. blessing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're almost in tears. I'm almost in tears. <laughs> that's very good. Thank and you. um, yeah, that's very, very, I mean, it's a, I just feel honored to, you know, hear, hear that, you know what I mean? And like, and be a friend to you, you know, just with everything you just said. So thank thank you. you. (laughs) It's big. (laughs) And what is your, what is your spiritual practice? What is that thing that brings you back to you? What is, what do you use to, you know, nourish your soul when you, you know, feel depleted from times to time? How do you take care of you? Well, that's been a really, really big learning process, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that it is for everyone. Um, finding out what it is that you need is like part of your living experience and learning, but I'm going to stop turning the, the camera outward for a second and, look inward and see, I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> to communicate about myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's an experience. It is such an experience. Okay. Let's look at this. How do I take care of myself? Um, I have to really check in because if I don't check in with like where my state of mind is at, where my body is at, like physical strength, 
you know, I will just go, 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 go. And I think like finding that, um, that behavior pattern of mine, like just to be candid has been a, um, part of my biggest like growth and evolution is seeing that I was using work or using, uh, relationships with other people or even creating whether it's positive effects in other people, but using that as a, um, deflection point to really not look at myself, um, for a long time. And so I definitely, definitely noticed that, um, more recently, actually. Mm-hmm. And I've been, um, I actually like set reminders on my phone because like, wow. I really, like your schedule. <laughs> it is in my schedule. Yeah. It actually comes around around 11 AM every day to kind of see where I'm at. Because if I don't do that, I actually won't do that until I'm like, not feeling well. And so it's really important to look at it every day. And first I look at it and then from there kind of evaluate whatever it is that the body needs, you know, separate than me spiritually or mentally. It's more just looking at like what my body needs, I would say. Mm -hmm. And like, Hmm, my spiritual practice, you know, if your like physical body is under threat, um, whether it's from like injury force or um, disease or illness, there's the little feeling like somewhere in your chest, in your heart. I think it's different for everybody Mm -hmm. um, that can connect you to spirit. And so you could like truly really experience anything physically, you know? Yeah. And because of, my own personal experience with that, I was able to really be in touch spiritually from a a young, young age. I would contact that part of me Mm -hmm. that um, was still very potent and strong and um, sometimes it would feel very far, but that practice you know, I've, I've had that for Mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I was born like 400 years old or what, because I always would create this like older woman, even being a child, like kind of an older woman, if it wasn't, you know, my birth people around me, if it wasn't anybody affiliated with me, um, maybe it was just like a made up type of older person that I could kind of contact to help, um, help take care of me. Right. Yeah. And so I had this like, kind of like reflection of what it would be like to have like an ultimate level of knowingness and care and love. And, um, that obviously wasn't anyone outside of myself. Right. Right. (laughs) So what I talk about, yeah, yeah, it was my creation from, I don't know when it started, but it started in the teddy bears. It started in, (laughs) yeah, it started, you know, when I was alone in my room and needed something, you know, that wasn't there, it started there. I wish I was there, (laughs) 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 but I, you know, I created that type of, um, contact. So now after having that kind of practice, 
I don't live outside of that place. Mm -hmm. I have that place. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, I would say that's the only spiritual practice that I have. I don't practice with anything else. Yeah. So (laughs) do you mean that like you, you call on this place in you that is, that is certain, that is deep, Mm -hmm. super wise. Yeah. Yeah. So I have this, like, I would say, (laughs) I don't know, it could be um, like a self-created perfection, right? That whatever is needed is there Mm -hmm. and it's accessible and I can give it to other people. A lot of my students and my clients, you know, I could channel through that perception because I was so, so young Yeah, and I just had no idea, but I would be given this information that is just very warm and very caring. And, you know, I kind of, I've had it with me, um, ever since. And yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where it comes from, but it has like it's very wise, you yeah. know. And um, it's an older woman. Yeah. I don't know, she's yeah. just kind of been with me forever. Yeah. Um uh, at one point, God, it's the funniest conversation. Um, but it fits in here. Yeah. So <laughs> Arash is like, I will find an old lady and pay her to be your yeah. grandma or something. <laughs> yeah, mom. Totally. Because like, you know, it's obviously made up, but it's helped me just kind of live like really safe and yeah. in whatever times are needed, just kind of know that there's um, something else happening in the world, you totally. know, and that, that care is available somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I have a similar process. Whoa. Yeah. But <laughs> as an adult, I created, Wow. yeah, I created a beingness that was greater than me that I would step into, you know, in times when I felt like I, you know, couldn't handle something, I would yeah. just step into this beingness and I would then, you know, everything would I would be okay, you know, totally. And that's, that's really the, the process of the beauty and the beast is creating this, you know, alter ego, you could say, you know, that can handle everything that's available, you know, Yeah. but that's so cool. (laughs) I don't know if it was a spirit. I don't know if it was real. I don't know, you know, if it's, um, uh, like a past life person that follows me, I don't know what it is, but regardless, you know, I'm here. So it's amazing. (laughs) So whomever it was, they did their job. Yeah. (laughs) And so my question is, how'd you get so good at makeup? Okay. But I have to (laughs) tell a little story behind this. Okay. So I remember, so Hannah and I have been friends for a very long time. Okay. And something that we always used to love to do is we would get together at her house. Okay. And we would do like makeup and hair and you were always so freaking good at it right this is even I think this is even before you were a makeup artist I'm pretty sure no I had already had makeup jobs Mm, but I I know what time you're talking about yeah so we would do (laughs) we would just get together and our afternoons would be like taking pictures of each other and like doing total photo shoots yeah so you know where did your passion for makeup develop? Has it always been a skill? Did you learn it? I honestly don't know. So, um, I had watched 
a couple people get ready when I was probably like 10. Just I watched them just a couple times. Yeah. And then in eighth, like seventh and eighth grade, I would have my friends come over before dances and I would do everyone's hair and makeup. Yeah. And like I would do. I learned how to braid really young. So I would do like full half cornrows and then <laughs> curl their hair. And I would do all the looks with like all the glitter. And it started in eighth grade for me. Wow. So that's like a really long time ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, doing different, like I obviously, well, they don't know, but I did cheerleading and gymnastics and that's like a both of those activities, hair and makeup and nails, like those things are very important. And from a young age, like knowing how to do that. Yeah. Um, I would say actually like now thinking about it, that nobody taught me, um, and I had to be the best always. Um, (laughs) and so I learned how to do hair and makeup just by practicing on my friends and then having to do it on myself and other people for like competitions and stuff, because like, let's get real. People aren't out here doing bomb makeup and hair for like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old girls. So I would just like notice that. And then I would do mine and I would help people through whatever like event was going on. I always like to get involved with other girls getting ready and helping. And I've literally been doing the same thing ever since. Yeah, Like my after after my first job, my second job was at the Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown counter. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, they hired me really, really, really young, but I had a talent for it. So I just did it. And then from then on, like I've gotten, I worked for Bobby Brown. I worked for Smashbox. Um, and then we created AZD makeup and skin. So it's like, it was just a, a quick enough exposure to like how the businesses ran and how like I already had the art, you know? Yeah. So it was just understanding how the business was run and like learning how to do both of those things. The art just, I don't know what it is. It just, it's, it's just there. So totally. yeah, it's not really like, to be honest, I never really had to develop it beyond trying mm-hmm. and just I just kept every time, even when I get a look now, I look at it and I just try to do it the best. I don't have any other thoughts around it. And then it just comes out as it does. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that there are people that are born with just that desire to be the best, like you said, you know, like I have that in me too. Totally. And so like whatever I did, whether it was cheerleading or it's, you know, now it's teaching fitness and mentoring, it was always like there's just no other option but to be the best, you know? So like beyond that, is there is there something that inspires you? Like how do you do you get in do you use that process of getting inspired? Like who inspires you? What inspires you? Do you like watch certain things? Do you like that, that, you know, wants you to be greater, you know, anything like that? Okay. So I don't think outside of the way that we live life, there's anyone more 
artistically profound. Like there's people who are definitely masters of their art. You know, I've been doing music for 10 years. Like I know what, what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And, um, I see people become really good at one thing. Um, however, the way that they do everything else in their life zaps any sort of Mm -hmm. inspiration that they could ever give me. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, no, (laughs) Yeah. but I don't want to just like blatantly say no, because there is beautiful architecture. Like if I go into, um, a really beautiful, beautifully, I mean, I'm talking hand carved every piece of the room, that type of architecture really, really inspires me. And it's so rare to see outside of pictures Mm -hmm. because we're stationed here. So we don't travel and go look at like, you know, mausoleums and pyramids and things like that. But, um, I think art at that level, definitely. I mean, pyramids that were put together by aliens and sound waves, like that level inspires me music that, um, music, not necessarily vocals. There are some musical artists, their vocals inspire me, but not, not recently. This is all old, old things. Um, really music from like the 1920s jazz music, um, 1930s, that Mm -hmm. type of music is very inspiring for me. Um, so it's not necessarily like I'm pulling the art culture from those things and the advancement from those things but I'm not getting it from our culture today. Absolutely not. I think that we, I mean, I know art. I've been working, even my blood people that I come from, Mm -hmm. you know, worked on sound stages and movies and shows. And so I was brought up holding the cards for, you know, shows that are on, that were on main mainstream TV, you know, and holding the cards for people to clap. And like, I watched real, I watched that level of production and we do things just the same. Yeah. You know, we just don't sell out. And so for me, um, I don't get inspired by mainstream because it's just, we we're sitting way above it, like way above it. So it's gotta be like ancient art. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get that for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And is there a teaching or like a teaching that, that you really clung to and really used from AZD or something that, Oh yeah. Yeah. Which, which one? Well, <laughs> I mean, everything, everything, he like everything, everything that he says, yeah. literally everything. I don't, if I were to just take one piece and expand on it, um, I think would be like the best way to answer that because everything around me, like in my world, in my mind was very much disordered, very much disordered. And I'm a very orderly person. So you can imagine the hell that I was experiencing being around disorder. Yeah, totally. So his words cut through that, like the sharpest knives, you know? And for me, that has been the only thing that's created 
the space to allow me to do my art because if it wasn't for him I would not be doing what I'm doing at all there would be no I mean literally people think people see something you know glowing or that has potential or that has beauty and they kill it if they're not in IMC Nation not saying everyone but everyone that I was around you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I know there was like a fight for me to be me. There was a fight for me to, there, there was a safety, a big safety issue <laughs> all yeah. the time, yeah. you know? And like everything that he has said has given the space. And it's so incredible because like he comes from a lineage of art and learning from, and, and also Scientology, having both of those things and how they have, they have like this beautiful marriage, mm-hmm. it's created this bubble for me in my own universe to actually like thrive. Mm. And so everything that he says has created that. I can't take one thing because yeah. it would just take too long Yeah, <laughs> to put it into like actual, you know, workable words, but I, I can just say everything. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And what is your message for mankind? What do you want them to, to know? I mean, I know that it, it changes over the years and, but is there, is there a message that you have right now? Or Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of been the same for me, to be honest, through my own process, um, or through my own evolution, better said from the AZD process, I, I have continually just learned that everybody is going to have, um, everybody has a struggle. There's not one person that you're going to meet that isn't dealing with something from somewhere in their life. And that most people, you know, don't live in rainbows and fairy dust and Mm -hmm. (laughs) that energy is stuck on them and they're not necessarily bad people or anything, but deal with a lot. And, um, it doesn't mean put up with it by any means, you know, learning how to communicate in the ways that we have Mm -hmm. from a rush is key for sure to deal with your life Mm -hmm. better, Mm -hmm. but just knowing that about people from your own experience and being able to reflect as one instead of separates in your work environments and your life environments, and your family environments is the easiest way to, um, to live. So you're not, you know, going against and having like a mental warfare with yourself. Right. You know, like people are dealing with their own garbage and that's theirs to deal with. It's not yours. So you just kind of have to separate yourself mentally and know that give what you can when you can. Mm-hmm. you know, give it and keep doing that to the best of your ability, you know, and at some point your numbers fix Yeah, <laughs> in like Arash's terms. At some point, like your numbers will fix. It's just, you have to keep giving the best parts of yourself to people. So hold your tongue when you have to, you know, and you know, like if you're experiencing something negative, really decide like if it's something that you need to give out to others because they're probably dealing with something too. So maybe figuring out a way to work it out and kind of elevate yourself that, that would be, I guess my biggest 
like evolved lesson wow. to this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was really powerful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and like with that, I, I want to end it off here. Just okay. Cause that for me, I would, I need to sit with that for a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was really wow. Strong. Thank you. Totally. So, I mean, you know, I personally took so much from this, Whoa. you know, I know that hey. what I've learned a lot from you and watching you operate and what do I, what I admire a lot is, you know, you know, when to set boundaries and you do it in a very clean and um, kind way where it's, you know, you set the boundary, but it's not, you don't destroy the person in the process, you know? That's nice. And so I really, (laughs) I really like that. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've taken so much from this. Wow. Is there anything else that you want to share anything? Well, um, no, not really. I think that I, I thank you for having me on, you know, I, like I said, I wouldn't do this, um, really with just anyone. And so providing like the comfortable setting and space um, that you have is like a big deal to actually like, you know, put my voice out there. Cause it was, oh yeah, I could share that too. Like it was, you know, for me, like just so, so everybody listening gets kind of a grasp. Like I totally went pretty mute in my life. Like at around third grade, I kind of stopped talking And, um, something that I totally forgot and just like went right over my head is sharing, you know, that just that, like how much that I am opening and sharing, um, keeping it as inspirational as possible, of course, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like, that's like, just, just so there's like some sort of a reference point. Um, I was really mute for a really long time and I would talk, but it was so far away from like actually Mm -hmm. me. Um, like once I learned how to do that, it was so, so far away from like people getting any sort of like real communication from me. Right. Um, because like, I've become so great at socially communicating, you know, I'm just like so far away. And that's like something that I learned, you know, using the AZD process is like seeing how mute I was, um, for very justifiable reasons mm-hmm. and obviously and then understanding how to um communicate in a way that is actually impactful and doesn't bring down the environment with negativity mm-hmm. has been one of my biggest struggles mm. in life because communication was so far away from me at one point. And of course I'm in this relationship that communicating is like literally life life, (laughs) and not just in my relationship, but obviously, you know, with, with you guys and, and in reality, the world. Yeah. 
So it's just interesting to see because my biggest shutoff was communication Yeah, at a really young age. And I'm sure other people are too. Like, that's probably why I'm saying it. Other mm-hmm. people listening, I'm sure you're totally shut off at some point and for whatever reason. And so to find a safe place where you can communicate mm-hmm. is so important and creating that safe space, like what you do on your lectures mm-hmm. is so important, you yeah. know, and that is like, has been having someone like Arash to communicate to things that I would never, ever say Mm -hmm. because they're so negative. And it's, it's scary for me to tell people. Cause I'm like, you know, are you okay? And like, I shouldn't be the one checking on somebody after having a communication, you know, like that's for me, it's like part of my hold back of communication was that I didn't want to hurt people totally with negativity. And so having someone that's like really strong and can hear things yeah, and can listen is, is like the most valuable thing ever in the entire world. Yeah. And that growth process for me to communicate has been so huge. And I'm like, so happy to share in the ways that I can, yes. you know, like up to the day and I'm sure it'll just get better and easier and, and all of that. So yeah, thank you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing some of the things that, you know, I know you've, I mean, I know you, you know, and you (laughs) haven't shared like this and your communication is so eloquent and um, it was deep and it was uplifting. So thank you so much. And thank you everybody for joining um we'll be here again next week okay like easy d always says it's all in a state of mind it's okay to be beautiful it's okay to be happy it's okay to express yourself it's okay to find your voice it's okay to live you know live by the beat of your own drum and i hope that you all find your your melodious song your beautiful song that that you're just so urged to sing, just like the birds are out there chirping. You have to express your, your beauty and your greatness. And I thank you for expressing um, all the good parts of you for so many years. So namaste, everyone.